hello everybody and let's reassume the wraparound no no not a fan all right no definitely not (laughs) hello everybody let's reestablish the wraparound that's even worse all right (laughs) (laughs) martin is straight up today welcome home to the wraparound i like that one that's a bit better yeah glad to see you back at the wraparound oh i like that one okay let's use that one Glad uh, to yeah. see you back. We hope you had a safe journey coming to the wraparound. No, okay, we have to get going. Okay, ready? Uh, we're coming in again for no. the wraparound. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> the wraparound with Grace, Alessia, and Marjorie. Well, it's glad to be back with my two amazing co-hosts shooting another episode for you guys this week. First news piece of the week. <laughs> but yeah, the Capitals re-signed defenseman Trevor Van Riemsdyk to a two-year $1.9 million extension. At first, when I was reading it off the score, I thought it said $19 million. And I was like, that can't be right. And then I saw the little decimal place and I was like, yes, that is correct. Can you imagine paying Trevor Van Riemsdyk like $9 million a year? That'd be insane. Okay, either way, he he signed a one-year deal worth $800,000 back in October. So, and it makes sense um, as to why it's a $1.9 million extension. And he was set to beca- become a UFA at the end of the season. He has been seeing 15.07 time, no, minutes. Gosh, I can't speak today. He's been seeing 15... 0.07 minutes of ice time and has scored one goal in nine games so I mean he has that one goal my guess is that they probably just wanted to get it over with and you know didn't want like any I guess contract talks probably within the next couple of weeks especially with trades coming up and trade deadline but next little piece of news and I thought this was nice to include it's some news pertaining to the New York Islanders and their defenseman Thomas Hickey who returned onto the ice after nearly two years so he picked up two assists in Saturday's game versus the Philadelphia Flyers and he last played on May 3rd 2019 so quite a long while ago unfortunately he suffered some injuries which also included a concussion and which had him sidelined and also the death of his brother his 33 year old brother to cancer back in last March you know he's happy to be back and everything he's doing is basically for his brother and he always carries his brother with him and it's sweet to see that he's getting back and he also got those two assists meaning he's obviously hasn't missed a beat so it's good for the Islanders to have back one of their defensemen and It's also good to see when people who have suffered through quite a lot get back to doing something they really thoroughly enjoy. And so amazing story. Good things happen to good people. And so this is one of them. And then we're also going to end off with some, I guess, promotion you can say. So make sure to tune in on NBCSN and watch the Isabel Cup this week. And um, yeah, support these talented athletes. Stay tuned for it our analysis on the games in next week's episode but i know that grace has a little bit to say on these matchups uh the thing that sticks out most to me about the broadcast this weekend though is that it's actually going to be an all-female broadcast team so they announced that a couple of days ago and they're having kate scott do play-by-play and she was actually the first woman to call an nfl game on the radio so that's also pretty cool she just keeps making history 
and she's won an Emmy winner for her broadcasting. If she's won an Emmy winner, she is an Emmy winner for her broadcasting. Uh, the next one is AJ Malesko. Uh, she's an NHL analyst for NBC, and she won a gold medal at the 1998 Olympics for Team USA Hockey. So that's also some pretty good talent heading towards this broadcast team. And last but not least is Kaylee Chelios, an analyst and reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And she's appeared on Fox Sports, TSN, and the NHL Network. So definitely some experienced and very wise broadcasters for the broadcast this weekend. And now for some matchups. Uh, Toronto and Boston will play at 5 p.m. on Friday, and they'll be closely followed by Minnesota and Connecticut. And then whoever wins those two games will play in the final at 7 p.m. on Saturday. So all these times are in Eastern Standard Time. Definitely turn your eye to the NWHL team's Twitter accounts because the social media folks over there are killing it this year. So if you're looking for some extra supplemental NWHL action, definitely turn your head over to Twitter. And that's all I have for that. But uh, yeah, awesome news, especially I didn't know that about the uh, broadcasting team. So that's really awesome. Come back next week if you want to listen to our take on what happened and to see who is crowned the champion of the Isabel Cup. Now we're going to move on to our open discussion. I think a couple weeks ago we spoke about rookies and we spoke about who we thought was probably going to win the Calder and uh, we also spoke about how Alexi Lafreniere was not the top choice which is surprising because we were also talking about there have been years where the number one pick is usually not you know up in the running for the Calder but aside from the Calder we're just gonna kind of look back on our rookies how they've been doing just catch up with them and see if you know there are any kind of new ones that are up for the running for the Calder so what do you guys have I'm still with Kaprizov Mm, I think I he's been it. great this season. And the thing the thing is, is that he actually is 23 years old. So he is a bit older than what you would expect a rookie to be. So Alexi Lafreniere, he is 19 years old, 30 games played. He has four goals, four assists, eight points. Kaprizov has had some experience in the KHL, which is probably why his transition to the NHL has been a bit better than most rookies. But nonetheless, 29 games played, 10 goals, 15 assists for 25 points. That's that's pretty outstanding for a rookie. Those are some good numbers. Yeah. My pick is actually surprisingly one of my favorite rookies from the season, building off the Washington Capitals love from earlier, <laughs> is goalie Vitek Vanacek. Because he had, he had some high pressure on him once Henrik Lundqvist went out. So he had to kind of step into that role and... Yeah, Henrik Lundqvist is on the Washington Capitals. Oh my god, I completely forgot about that. Vitek Vanacek. Uh, he's had 22 games played this season. His goals against average is 2.66, which like isn't hmm. awesome, but not terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his save percentage is 0.911. So also not bad. Solid. Uh, he's won not his last bad. three games, and he had his first career shutout on March 15th against everybody's favorite team, the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, and he stopped, I like how I wrote it, he stopped shots. I didn't write a number. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which goalies are supposed to do. Let's make He that stopped clear. them shots, which is very surprising for any goalie in the league. <laughs> it was it was 23. I do know the number. I just didn't write it down. <laughs> he stopped those 23 shots with some force. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's my 
that's my guy this week. I mean, I feel like there have been a lot of rookie goaltenders the past couple of years, especially this year, that just have been so unbelievably good. And we talk about goalies all the time here. I think it'd be nice to see a goalie win the Calder because we need some variety in here. We need some spice. Yeah, exactly. I but no, we talk about adding spice once a week. You say spice very I often. Say spice something along too those often. Lines. But yes, good picks. I mean, I feel like we. I know that Grace. Grace. I know that Alessia was talking about her pick a couple. I think the last time we spoke about Kaprasov. Is that how you say? It? Some people say Kaprasov. Some people say Kaprizov. I think I was watching highlights because I wanted to make sure, and it's Kaprizov. Kaprizov. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So I am pretty sure. So Alessia I apologize spoke- for past episodes. <laughs> Has been speaking about Kaprizov, um, but Grace was with a was with a with a fresh pick, and I'm sure that by the time we kind of get to Calder nom- nominations and stuff like that, or just towards the end of the seasons, where we're kind of doing a, a rookie roundup, I'm sure we'll be talking about other players in there that we haven't spoken about before. But yes, very exciting. So much young talent in the league, and um, amazing talent. I mean. Well, no, they're the future of the league, and it's really exciting to watch. We're going to talk about how in the North, it's not really that close anymore. And I feel like a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how there was this massive gap between the Leafs, and I think at the time, it was the Edmonton Oilers. Now, I think they're tied. No, at the time, it was the Winnipeg Jets. Was it? But yes, it's <laughs> not really that close. Um, Like I said, the, the Leafs... It is close. No, it's super close. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Oh my god, my my brain. It's really close in the north. Edmonton is tied with the Leafs for 42 points and they surpassed Winnipeg who had th- who has 38 points. And this is exciting because now things are actually close and people aren't looking at the Leafs like they're the biggest thing in the league anymore. Yeah. Um so the hockey is about to get a 1000% more competitive and fun. Oh yeah. Especially sure. if you if you look at you know below third, Montreal is right behind Winnipeg with behind by one. They're with thirty seven. The Canucks mm-hmm. somehow are at thirty five, which is only two points behind Montreal. What happened in the past week? And then you have the Flames who are at thirty three. So it's like insanely close in between third and sixth. And then we have Ottawa who with twenty three. So I mean. Okay, I forgot that they existed for a minute. I was like, I oh mean, yeah, she named them all. Good job, Marjorie. <laughs> so that there's no surprise there, unfortunately. But in the other teams, it's insanely, insanely close. And like Grace was saying, the Leafs have been playing really poorly. You know, for what reason? We don't know. You know, they have the players. They just always... Um, <laughs> They always just seem to mess themselves up for whatever reason because they get comfortable. You know, everybody knows the story. I'm not going to talk about it because I'm going to get upset. But hopefully with Campbell back in net, they can figure their life out um, since Anderson's out. This is what I wanted to do. What? I wanted to throw this at you and get your opinion. I kind of want you to get upset. Do you think that Frederick Anderson is done with the Leafs? Oh my gosh. I wanted to ask you guys this too. I don't know. Okay. So I was hearing, you know, the rumors, my best friend was telling about how she's worried about it. And then at the time I was like, I don't think they can do it because, you know, at the time Campbell and Hutchinson, I think were injured or whatever. I'm like, they can't risk getting a goalie from the the States because then he has to quarantine for two weeks anyway. Right. But now that I'm looking at it, Freddie was playing great at the beginning when he had to play Campbell was playing great 
pretty much every game he was playing when he was coming on as backup. But, you know, recently, Anderson hasn't been that good. And I feel like he's been really off his game. It's like he can't find himself anymore. And obviously, he said that he's been dealing with some with injuries. But I think it's more than that. I think I think somehow he doesn't fit into the team anymore. I think the team have gotten a little bit better without him. And honestly, if the Leafs traded Anderson, I would be sad because he was a big part in this team in the last few years. You know, he won games that, you know, they probably shouldn't have won. And he was their savior in a lot of situations. And I think the team owes him a lot because he was their last line of defense for many, many, many plays. But I think right now, I don't think he fits into the team anymore. And I think if they were to trade him, I think the team would be fine having Jack Campbell as their starter. If they don't trade for another starter um, or if they traded him for a forward or for a defenseman, whatever, um, I think they'd be very okay with Campbell in net. I also, I also like the point that you bring up because yeah, you'll miss Freddie for the personality he brings to the team. Whereas when he started, they needed a goalie they could rely on. And he was that. Whereas now they've built this huge amount of depth in their in their forwards and even on defense. So they don't really, I mean, they're the Leafs. They always need a good goalie. But they don't really need a Frederick Anderson level goalie anymore. And I yeah. I almost feel like he senses that. Yeah, it's like it's like they're not as dependent on him anymore. Yeah. And, if, and of course, you know, players can lie and whatever. But of course, anybody would feel special or feel, um, you know, uh, another or an extra sense of of duty when you feel like you're really needed because you're you feel super important and you bring your best foot forward and so on but once you see that they could kind of be okay without you and you're just basically doing your job and not everybody else's job then you're kind of like why am I here? You know, how do I really play my best game? It's not the same anymore. I can't really play like the way I used to because that's not what they need. They need another goalie. They need someone that's like this. And I don't think he knows how to um, properly situate himself in that kind of position yet. And I don't blame him. I mean, you know, the Leafs put a lot of pressure on him the past couple of years. You know, the Leafs, the media, the fans, everybody put in the same pressure on him. I'm like, who are we kidding? Like whoever is the the starting for the Leafs is going to have an insane amount of pressure on them. But, um, but yeah, like I said before, I mean, it would be sad and I'm sure a lot of people would be sad, but I think a lot of people are kind of okay with the idea of him leaving. I don't think it'd be that big of a deal if he did. Because if you look at the games that Jack Campbell has started and has played, he's done what he needs to get done to do, to make the saves, to win the game. And that's it. You know, he's not a flashy goaltender. He's not um, egotistical in any way. He doesn't have a big personality. Everybody knows that he's a really kind person off the ice. He's easy to work with and he just does whatever the team needs of him and so I don't know maybe I'm talking too much about it but that's that's just kind of my take on that situation I mean moving off of that I do have a proposal for Kyle Dubas and Kelly McCrimmon (laughs) it is a one-for-one trade and it is 
Frederick Anderson for Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh my god, don't ever oh, speak those words again. Moving on. No. <laughs> oh my god. I, I saw I saw this I don't know if we were talking about on the show if I was talking about my friend. I saw this ridiculous trade um, proposal. If you ever think, and if that does happen, that's the last day I'm a Leafs fan. I'm telling you right now. Oh, wow. As she soon as there. Taylor Hall wears that Ooh. Leafs blue, we're finished. I'm not going to lie. There was a time in my life where I thought it would be nice because Taylor Hall is obviously from around, from the GTA. And, um, you know, I love it when players come back and play for their hometown team. But, like, in this situation, I'm like, I'm like no, I can't. No. I'm like, we don't need any more forwards. I don't think Taylor Hall would fit with this team. And moving on. Yeah, I obviously had to throw some silliness in with my Anderson and Fleury trade. Just imagining Marc-Andre Fleury in the Leafs jersey is kind of off-putting to oh. me. <laughs> it's just so weird. There's some players where you see them with juries, with jerseys, and I'm like, it's like, it's like, it's funny. I'm going to use a soccer reference, but with Messi, he's been playing with Barcelona for so long that if I see him with, if he does eventually leave Barcelona at one point and I see him wear another jersey, it's just going to be weird. It's oh, going to be so weird to see Messi in another jersey. Yeah, because you're just so used to seeing one player wear a certain color. And whenever I think of Marc-Andre Fleury, I just think of Pittsburgh. That's just because he yeah. was there for so long. Yeah. So I only ever think of him in that yellow, yellow gear. But I don't know. I can't imagine seeing him in that <laughs> white and blue jersey. Okay, we really have to move on from the Leafs. <laughs> it's too much. But yes, uh, but besides the Leafs, Leafs, the Winnipeg Jets have been rolling lately and so have the Edmonton Oilers they've been playing really well they've been making you know not a name for themselves but they've been playing really well and I feel like um at the beginning of the year we were saying which teams I I guess we kind of expected more from or which teams we thought would be you know um top contenders for the the division title and Edmonton was obviously one of them because we we know that the Alberta teams are always have always been pretty good. Not so much the case with Calgary, but it's nice to see that Edmonton's up 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 there again. And I mean, Winnipeg is a good team too. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that they finally found their footing, especially after the Pierre Luc Dubois trade. And um, weirdly enough. <laughs> But um, after that trade, they've been slowly getting better and better. And this is my thing. I think the Edmonton Oilers have like finally legitimately proven that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are two of the best players in the league. Like people said it before, but now there's like, it's, it's real because they put those two on a line together and they just skyrocketed. Yeah. It's just magic. They're just, it's like, it's like they were meant to be together. It's like they're two parts of a whole. Oh, like all of us. <laughs> oh my god, three. <laughs> three parts of a whole. But yes, they have insane chemistry together. Um, oh, just like us. <laughs> Stop it. You can't you can't really say anything bad about them. And if you do, like you're clearly lying. Like, come on. You're you crazy. Can't lie. <laughs> you have to look at the numbers and you just have to look at them playing. And it just looks like they have so much fun together. And I think that's what makes it work even better. When you know you can rely on this other person, you know where they're going to be at all times. You can pass it without even looking and they'll be there. Like, of course, playing is going to be fun because they can read your mind. And 
you just score all the goals, get all the assists, win all the games. I'm happy that Edmonton is is at the top, even though you know they're they're tied with the Leafs. But I'm glad to see them back at the top because um, I think everybody just expects them to be at the top, and it's good to see that they didn't have a decline or didn't decline even more than what they were at. But since all these teams have been playing so well, and you know they want to make a push for the playoffs. Teams are going to be looking to add some new pieces to their lineups. So my question for you guys is which teams do, do we think, or do you guys think will be moving the most pieces around this trade season? Alessia, let's see if we have the same, same one. Do you want to go on three? Okay. One, two, three, the Vancouver Canucks. (laughs) That's a good one too. That is a good one. I mean, we already know that we, they've been claiming literally all the, the people that the Leafs have been placing. Yeah, on this is my yeah. thing. Like they claimed Travis Boyd and Jimmy VC, and those like aren't expensive contracts, but they also aren't cheap contracts for like picking guys up from waivers. It's not a cheap thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of feel like we can see them moving small contracts at the trade exactly they aren't gonna make like a big blockbuster deal i i hope not um (laughs) but like moving smaller guys around come the deadline to make some more cap space grab some new prospects like why not i feel the same i don't think they're gonna make like a huge blockbuster trade but seeing how their season has been going i can definitely see some kind of minor trades happening and of course we've seen them pick up some players off waivers so you guys think they'll finally get not get rid of but um trade jake Bertanen? you know every time we talk about like trade deadlines and stuff Bertanen always comes up and there's always like a lot of speculation but nothing ever happens so i don't think they will like he's been a decent player for them, but like I said, every trade deadline, like there's always rumors for Vertanen. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Okay, so sorry, I'm just looking up his contract. I want to see how many years he has left. Yeah, so it says Jake Vertanen signed a two-year, five-point-one million-dollar contract with the Vancouver Canucks, including a four-hundred-thousand-dollar signing bonus, five-point-one guaranteed, in an annual average salary of two-point-five. In 2021, Vertanen will okay. earn a base salary of 1.7 while carrying a cap hit of 2.55. So, I mean, it's a I, big He amount. had a pretty nifty goal versus the Montreal Canadiens the other day. So, I know that. <laughs> like, yes, don't talk about it. <laughs> he, also, he also had a really nice punch that made us tie the game. So, at the end, nice penalty. Okay, well, you didn't have there, to fire back okay. with that. <laughs> Oh, I, I had to. I'm sorry. I was just, I was just trying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm the same as Alessia. He always comes up. Nothing ever happens. So yeah. yeah. And just for the Buffalo Sabres, like they recently fired their head coach, Ralph Kruger, and we've seen how their season has been. So I think firing the coach isn't going to be the whole, like it's not going to be the solution to that problem. I see them making some changes. They've already had one trade already. So we'll see. We'll see what happens because... There's been a whole lot of rumors there too. Big rumors. Just last week, we spoke about how both Stahl and Hall were open to trades. Um, I feel like everybody's open to trades on that team at that point. I think they all didn't sign up for this. They went to that team thinking that they were going to do a lot better than what they're at now. And um, I don't, honestly, 
there's situations where I'm like, stick with it. You know, you know, it's your team. But in this situation, I'm kind of like, it's okay. You can go. (laughs) You can go to wherever you desire. Now, my second team, I wouldn't say they're going to be moving the most picks or the most pieces of their team, but it's kind of connected to a question I wanted to ask both of you. So I put the Toronto Maple Leafs Uh because I feel like they want to contend this year. And Dubas had a press conference recently and two things stuck out for me that they wanted to acquire more depth on forward and that they would be willing to move a top prospect at the trade line to do so. So my question to you guys is, should the Leafs be focusing on adding depth to their offense? Because we know they're incredibly talented on forward or for the forward position, (sighs) or should they be focusing on maybe a top four defender or someone for their back end? So you see, okay, okay. okay. Let me, let me, Marjorie's going to get upset about this. Okay. Hold on. (laughs) What have I caused? Okay. No, I'm going to say my thing very quickly because I want to say something to see how Grace reacts to it. Putting you on a timer. But so very, right. very quick. I don't know if they should be trading for more forwards. There's a reason why Dubas thinks the way he does. Maybe he has a plan. Who knows? We have an abundance of forwards. Personally, I don't know why they want to trade for more forwards. But I'm not the GM and I do not control that. Um, yes, they should be trading for a top four defenseman because that would, I think, really set up the team perfectly I feel like we won't need anything after that with respects to the top prospect I am okay with that obviously they're probably referring to Rasmus Sandin which Grace is probably not happy with and that's all I have to say so that's why I'm going to end it with Rasmus Sandin I really hadn't thought about who the top prospect was going to be up until this point so the fact that you've said it I'm a little bit blindsided what did you not really could, expect that it could potentially be nick robertson as well. I, that was that was my original thought honestly i don't think it's nick robertson i thought it would, it would i think it's most likely to be rasmus sandine because but i think nick robertson is going to be the one who has the most press and potential therefore making him the top prospect because really? rasmus sandine like everybody made a joke out of him being drafted because it was like there goes kyle taking somebody else from the Sioux. Also, everybody who says that, yes, he is, because we're awesome. Um, <laughs> my mind automatically went to Nick Robertson. So now that I'm seeing the Sandy yeah. side of the story, I'm, I'm a little hurt inside. <laughs> I would have appreciated a longer warning. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. For me, I think it makes sense, like you said, for the defense, because the Leafs defense have been such a problem for mm-hmm. so many years. Now that they have some good pieces on the front, that they don't have to really worry about because you don't have to worry about whether your top three lines are going to produce points. They're going to. Um, I feel like trading to kind of tighten that defense up would be their best move. But yes, I'm going to end it off with my last question for you guys. Who, so this is where I asked you guys, the one thing that you guys usually should have one answer for. So I'm hoping you at least give me that. I'm talking to Grace here, not Alessia. Um, So your top trade bait. Grace, go. Since I'm the disappointment, I'm going to go first so that Alessia can end it off on a high note. Um, Mostly for Marjorie, because I know that everybody else adores my hot takes. Mm -hmm. But in all honesty, I think my favorite trade bait is probably Taylor Hall from Buffalo. 
because yeah. it's an eight million dollar contract for a player who's gonna be a ufa this year on a team that isn't doing too swell yeah insane so why not offload that grab some picks grab some cap space and i'm gonna say the world word that everybody on the entire planet hates the most start a rebuild <laughs> yes <laughs> a very long one but yes, yes that would be my top trade bait alessia uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, and I'm going with Matthias Ekholm. A lot of teams are like looking to acquire a pretty big top four defender, and he's been linked to teams like Montreal before, um, or at least this season, of course. So 25 games played, five goals, nine assists, 14 points. So I think he, he's one of the bigger trade baits this year, or at least going into this trade deadline. Yeah, nice one. That's a good one. That's, yeah, I, think, that's I think anybody would want him. <laughs> anybody who's smart would want a defenseman like that good picks good picks i'm glad grace has given me something this week but before we end i want to say oh, something okay all of our wraparound listeners have to wish alessia a very happy birthday because her birthday was last thursday and we didn't say it last week which was on my part but you have to wish it to her now so oh yes everybody give her a big old happy birthday on our Twitter or on our Instagram. Do you want more synonyms for thank you for listening? No. No. Because I feel like that no. one's getting kind of tired. No. Let me look it up. I know. Um, thanks for your comprehension. Uh, we appreciate your flexibility. We appreciate you sticking with us. Oh, thanks for your compassion. We're thankful for your support and understanding. And we appreciate your dedication to digging into this issue. You sound like a like recorded message, but uh, stay tuned for next week's episode where we talk about the NWHL, maybe talk about some more trade um, trade baits, and you know who knows, so much can happen in a week. So thanks for joining us, and see you next week. Or hear you next week. Bye.